Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 22 of the NFP podcast presented by 3D Entertainment. The NFP podcast is brought to you by Sneaky Weasel Lager and Hey Y'all Southern Ice Teas, the official alcohol sponsor of the show. As well, our official clothing sponsor, Wrangler. Long live Cowboys. What's up, everybody? We're back for another big week. A lot of action on the weekend with the bull ridings and the rodeo and the UFC and interesting shit going on everywhere in the world first of all though let's introduce the boys jason davidson first how you doing not bad lt not bad uh way better today than i was yesterday i'll tell you what was yesterday i'll bite i'll I'll, I'll bite (laughs) lost 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 my phone for eight hours it was it had covid it was in the hospital eight hours without my yeah it was kind of shitty it was kind of no. Okay. I'm not even say it was kind of no, okay. No, because I couldn't relax. Um, right. Yeah, it's an awful thing when we rely on that little black. It fucking does so that to you now too. Like when you when it dies during the day or something, and you're out doing something, and you you're just like thinking the whole time somebody's trying to get a hold of me. There's something on the go. It fucks with you full fledged. I well, kind of think of it. I kind of think of it as a surprise. Like you know, at the end of the day, you turn it on or get power to it, and it's like ding, 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 and then you're like, yeah, well, lots of people want to get a hold of me. <laughs> Forty, forty-two text messages I had when I finally got her back. Oh. Forty-two. I could keep up on emails, but uh, you didn't yeah. want to go to an iPhone. No. Exactly. Thanks, my Samsung brother. Why? Uh, what, what's no. the point? Why don't you guys like when I retire? When I retire iPhones? and want a toy, because I got an iPhone here uh, late last fall, and the guy was telling me, "Don't go to an iPhone. Don't go to an iPhone." And I'm like, "Yeah, Dylan wanted me to, so I'm gonna." That sucker every night would either it would download new updates, but it would get rid of all my texts. Like oh. Aaron Roy's clothing order for the endorsees, I had to text him five separate times because it kept losing all my <laughs> conversation so i was like fuck that i'm going back to the samsung so. that's gotta be something in your i had an so. iphone but well it, no it, no Tanner, i i did i i i tried it out like back before we had good um i used to have two phones i had a u.s number and a yep. canadian number so when i was in the u.s i got an iphone i just thought you know what i'll give it a try and I didn't like it at all. I just, I didn't like how to maneuver around on it. You know, I was a Blackberry guy forever. Um, and I would have had a Blackberry if I could have got the same phone four years ago when I, when I upgraded to uh, a Samsung, but it's basically the same. What I miss about the Blackberry, honestly, is the keyboard and it manipulates how you talk. It, it all, it would, if it oh, gets to know your language, the and the way you speak, it right just, <laughs> It's well, like what the well, fuck? There's no is secret, a blackberry. Man. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be, yeah, you've heard of blueberries, but not black ones, eh? Uh, the only the, the only thing before a before a blackberry was a fucking walkie-talkie. Yeah, exactly. No, no I, I had a I had a couple flip phones. Yeah. What about I the know. Nokia? Yeah. Tanner what? don't even know what that is. No, my first one was a Samsung and, and you know chocolate. What? Robert chocolate. had a little slide on it. Like it was, was cool. it? In high school. Uh, I remember oh, the Nokia's yeah. there. I think, I think there was two games on them and it was either Bowers or Bell. I'm not sure which one of the Robert it was, but they had the record on snake. You just <laughs> keep winding around. 
and that that's how you entertained yourself going down the road down the road yeah. but we didn't even keep our phones on you'd have yeah. them shut off and then if you needed them you turned them on shit the battery'd last you a week because for most for the most part you couldn't phone anybody because nobody had one not yeah. everybody had a phone even yeah. but, times have changed so anyway that that was that was my day yeah, Sorry, yeah, Scott. Dealing with that. We kind of went off the rails there on you, but Scott Burns here as well. How you doing, Scott? Good, guys. How are you? No, good. Yeah, it's just a busy day, man. Hitting the road, hitting the road, going to sell some clothes. So <clears throat> trying to get everything in order before I go. So, Are you taking the trailer or just the Van Bergini? No, the trailer. Yeah, the trailer's lines. going? Yeah, yeah. It's just easier stuff? with the amount of clothes. Yeah. Well, definitely not fucking cinch. <laughs> uh, I didn't get to finish. I was going to say, see, hold on. What's, that, stuff what's, going that, well? what's that sign behind you? What's that sign behind you? Uh, you know what, Tanner? On a more serious note, I apologize for cussing out there. I love uh, it. Yeah, you know what? Things are things are going okay. Um, but... Now we've, I know every episode we talk about this, but now we've got these restrictions creeping in again. And so we'll just see how this summer plays out. I don't know. I'm always, I'm never too excited to predict awesome year because you don't know. Fuck. I don't know. Right now, right now it's going okay. Yeah, that's good. I was. You, what? I was fucking voice speaking of restrictions. You guys are going to love this. Me and uh, Logan Codlick were hired up to fight bulls at the Ben Goff High School Rodeo this weekend. We were going to go for Craig Stevens. And it got fucking canceled, man. Got canceled. Oh, no kidding. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. About the first time I've been looking forward to a high school rodeo in a long time. I was like, shit, it'd be good to go step around a few and, you know, hang with Craig and the crew and Caddy and. Fuck yeah, I got the call yesterday that got cancelled again. So ups and downs. Fuck. I think, oh, shit. I think I think the I think Ben Goff and Weyburn High School Rodeo got cancelled, whether Weyburn's the next week or whatever. But oh. that's we're having a big uh board meeting tonight for the Manitoba High School Road Association, and I'm fairly confident they're gonna scrap their spring rodeos here already. So yeah. here we go again, fucking two years later year and a half later so oh, still rolling yeah i was fencing as well a fucking hard working man damn i'll tell you what mm-hmm. putting up a couple mm-hmm. miles of fence hands are just cut to shit i'm obviously not the best at it <laughs> forgot my gloves uh no it's good though how good to many get to work. uh how many ticks have you pulled off your body none dude none that's i don't know what's going on i've Somebody's seen saying that yeah somebody said they're supposed to be bad eh yeah, though yeah, they they're, normally they're are. Out, uh, you guys got them real bad? Yeah, they're normally fucking super bad around here, and I haven't seen hardly any yet, knock on wood, but they're probably coming. Yeah, we pulled. What is it? The, is it the dry weather that brings them out when it's dry springs or what? I have no well, idea. I think a couple things. Our spring has actually been very long. Like, we haven't had any snow since, you know, beginning of April, really. And yeah, I think it's had some warm weather and stuff, but I pulled one off the- Whoa. Oh, <laughs> pulled one off your, your pecker just now. <laughs> I, oh, I, oh, look at Scott. What kind of a trapeze you got going there? I don't know. Oh, my God. You, I don't even know how to fix that. 
I knew you were talented, but wow. (laughs) That's next level. That's next level. Let's see if this will work. Our audience is going to have to turn into you. There we go. There There we go. Holy smokes. Sorry, fellas. Um, Anyway, I pulled one off the dog, probably the size of a kidney bean today. So, Uh, oh, yeah, those are gross. Yeah, Yeah, they're definitely out. Yeah, once they suck in that, then what'd you do with it? Did you shoot it with a 22? (laughs) <laughs> no, i burnt it burnt it with a lighter burnt it with did you oh yeah did you guys see the uh yeah, we'll the ufc fight sure. on the weekend just the crowd yeah that's all yeah me too did you see the fucking guy snap his leg anymore see the guy break his leg yeah i did see that actually. oh my i think fuck. that's happened to him Either to the guy that did it, he's the second time that's happened to him, or the guy he kicked has done that to two guys. I can't remember what I read or saw. Oh, stat, but it was the first fight. I think that was like yeah. right at the start. I didn't, I just seen the highlight of it obviously on the internet, but it was, I think that was like the first kick of the fight. They said it was the first win in UFC history where a punch wasn't thrown, but holy fuck, was that gross! Oh, oh wow. Did you see when he threw the kick? He obviously didn't realize the leg had been broke and then he went to step on it when mm. he came back yeah. and there was nothing there mm. and he just Ugh. collapsed but you could tell by the expression on his face he didn't realize that his mm. leg was broke until you yep. know it was when he couldn't use it you know yep. oh that's filthy i seen dana white uh he made a statement afterwards and he just you know he basically said you don't want to wear a mask don't wear a mask you want to wear a mask wear a mask yeah. let's just live yeah, life yeah. and Basically, yeah. loves Florida, so you know, <laughs> yeah, it was all good. Yeah, she was, was packed nice house, eh? They had her nice sold out. See that that crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really San Angelo on the weekend. I watched the Sin shootout there. It was packed too, right full, mm-hmm. right full. Clovis, on the other hand, had crowd. I don't know if it, um, it just didn't look to be packed, and I don't know if that was by design because they could only have a, have a percentage of audience or what but uh i watched a little bit of both of those um but san angelo was jammed in there looked good good Good. i think zeke thurston did some good i've seen some posts on the internet that he was kicking ass 88 at the one and plucking away at a few so that's good to see us our canadian boys ripping it up on the radio side i think dawson hey yeah dawson won clovis yeah that was good um stetson my boy stetson had a good weekend won the bronc riding at the shootout the third in the bull riding at the shootout and then one second in the bull riding at clovis so um not good? one of my right boys got in the money and clovis in the bronc <laughs> riding. So, it's okay but, it's not bad is that what you're trying to do hey oh, i'd say he had uh yeah i have twenty thousand dollar weekend so no. not bad I can write. Yeah, I wish I could say the same. Oh, oh lordy, do I? Do I? Instead, we just drank <laughs> sneaky weasel lagers. <laughs> well, I did. You guys probably didn't. Uh, yeah, you do. If you're looking for a smooth, refreshing beer this weekend, grab yourself a sneaky weasel craft lager. This mildly hopped craft lager delivers a bold 5.6 ABV, but goes down crisp and clean. This beer pairs well with any bull riding celebration, fun in the sun, and good times with friends. This beer is available all across Western Canada. Sneaky Weasel Lager, the official beer sponsor of the NFP podcast. 
Yes. So did some fencing. Oh, fun with friends. Let's get after it. Let's yeah, get after it. it. Yeah. You're you're out of you're out of sneaky weasels. Well, from the weekend. Yeah. Did you see? <laughs> I'll go get some more on. Whatever. Oh. <laughs> Do you guys see the? <laughs> The recent news in the Western lifestyle world that was uh, released, the article on Facebook about the new the new ownership of Kessler Rodeo and then the backlash on top of that of the other stuff shared. Do you guys happen to see all that stuff on Facebook? Did see a little bit of that. Yes, yep. I did too. Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. I did. So, I, I didn't comment. Um, yep. I just didn't. But... Yeah. Still shy to talk about it? I'll fucking <laughs> talk about it. I'll fucking talk about it. Here's what I think. Uh, no. When we had Chase Kessler on the show, on one of our very first shows, I was trying to get that stuff out of Chase because that stuff, that those rumors and stuff were rumbling around the rodeo world of different things that were going on. And Chase obviously couldn't touch on it due to whatever was going on. But um, you see an article come out now talking about, um, however, however it's owned now, Dwayne Kessler, has is is no part of it correct is that what you guys read on that mm-hmm. and yep. uh it was kind sure. of a, a big article about how it's you know kessler rodeo now is this new thing and they got these different people uh running it and and taking care of the different breeding programs and all this different stuff that's going on and then in the background of it there's there you know there's people on facebook commenting where's where's Dwayne? where you know what's going on with that side of the family uh, and then gordon kessler would be an uncle of some sort puts out a, mm-hmm. a, a post yeah. that, that kind of tells it how it actually is of what's going on that, uh, that Dwayne and, and them, that, that there's some shit going on, that there's some stuff going on within the family that Dwayne's not a part of it. So I don't know. It's pretty crazy to, to just see that, that number of generations in their whole industry, their whole breeding program, all that shit just come down to, I don't know. It's fucking crazy. Crazy to see. Yeah, you're right. Like, it's almost like something you'd see on TV, right? Um, that much of a saga behind it. And it's hard to say where it's going to play out. I think Dwayne's found himself uh, a new venture. I don't, I can't confirm any names or whatever, mm-hmm. but I think he's still playing in the sandbox, but just under a, a different uh, umbrella, we'll say. So okay. good for him. I, I truly did feel bad when all that went down. However, it went down. I, Dwayne Kessler put his heart and soul into that whole outfit, his whole damn life. And whether it was right or it was wrong to get it jerked out from underneath him, I, I hope you, I wish him all the best. And I hope he carries on and kicks some ass doing it. So, you know, I was uh, just my opinion, just my opinion. I read that article and, and Uncle Gordon had mentioned on how much work um, Dwayne had put into that place and often sometimes days without seeing a bed i remember i remember working with those guys and we were trucking stock over the fourth of july from livingston to butte montana or helena i can't remember and we went back well at least i could sleep in the passenger seat but he Mm. couldn't and he wouldn't let me drive (laughs) but i remember we got home after a full night and then the next day i remember i remember Dwayne crawling into the main house in helena and like literally got his boots off and kind of crawled in and went to sleep in the hallway. That's where he stayed. He slept right in the hallway after us trucking, you know, for 20 some hours straight. Well, when they used to haul, they they work, I'll tell you. Yeah. When they used to haul stock to Cloverdale, he would whip a load over the rocks, 
unload, turn around, load another load, another load over the rocks. Like you're right. That guy went day and night. He, yeah. he double, he give double clutching and toggle switching a whole new definition. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> Definitely. yeah. Yeah. So we'll see where that all kind of plays out. But uh, you've seen guys like Josh Brise sharing that stuff and saying, here's the real story when Gordon shared that. Cause we kind of got the churched up version of what was going on that everything's fucking uh rainbows and roses and then you you get that other one from gordon where it's kind of like no there's some shit going on here that that fucking isn't right so uh it goes both ways i guess whichever way that um everybody has their own opinions everybody can look at it different sides but it's definitely noteworthy to to kind of follow on that and see what goes on with that because that's fucking generations and generations of history that that hopefully uh will keep going and they can get that all worked out but yeah it's kind of uh kind of interesting news there so hopefully wishing the best to everybody in that situation where like i wouldn't want to fucking i've seen guys names on there that were that were now working for kessler rodeo right and i don't know like with gray or Dwayne, like it's kind of double crossing in a sense of like why how could you try to take over my shit and i don't know there's it's there's a lot of moving parts in that equation that hope they get it all worked out and everybody does it the right way instead of cutthroating and crossing over each other because it could be a fucking mess yeah yeah could get nasty that's for sure we shall see but the pbr was in uh napa idaho this weekend and there was some some big news kaike pacheco takes the win once again he's having a a lights out year cooper davis was back didn't have the weekend that that he would have wanted but uh yeah brazilian dominance once again in napa idaho yeah, dominance, big Kaiki, he, he, he One, can't two, ride three, four, shit, five. that guy. Top six. <laughs> Top six. Then Cole Baba sneaks in in seventh, and then I think it was a couple more Brazilians yeah. finishing out the top ten. Yeah, they yeah. were dominant. Did you see that? So Kaiki rode Chiseled, which he mm-hmm. rode oh, the week before for 94 points. Chiseled is uh runner-up world champion bull. We talk about him all the time on here, but they switched deliveries on him. They put him out of a left last weekend. Yeah, I've seen that. And if you, if you know that bull, he falls out of there spinning to the right every single time that he's out. And I'm sure his dummy trips, everything like, you know, he's just automatic right in the door of the right blowing and spinning. So I don't know, maybe HD page didn't like him getting road a bunch of times in a row and tried to switch it up or what happened or why they decided to, to put him out of a left. I seen a quote that he had to Justin Falesco that he thought that he would still go to the right, even though he was out of a left. But he just fucking came out backwards and did the same thing that he normally does. But I don't yeah. know what the fuck the thinking was behind that. But as a contractor, Tanner, and and the bucker of lots of bulls, that's a that's a big uh, choice, oh, right? Yeah, like, like you say, that bull came out backwards. Not only could have things went south right there, but why would you want to mess with something that isn't broke, right? Uh, yeah. That's my theory. But then I don't own the bull either. But Wow, it was yeah. Yeah, they marked him a forty-five, so he was a ninety instead of a ninety-four, like he was weekends before. So his his bull score was lower, doing that. So, and he's in the world title race. Um, I don't know. Maybe he was just getting. I don't know what what is what his mindset was behind that. Maybe change it up and see if he does something better. Has a big high out of there. And it's not like in the PBR you can't just switch a delivery on a bull because of somebody that draws him. So there was a lot of people thinking that. They switched that bull because Kaike picked him again and, and Kaike rides right-handed. So maybe HD was trying to pull a fast one and 
put him out of a left to see if he did something different to buck Kaike off. But the, the deliveries of the bulls have to be set before the weekend starts. So that was, that was in the works before the bull riding even started that weekend. It didn't matter who had him. That bull was going to be out of the left in the, in the short round. So that there was no foul play on that one. I think it was just maybe a test. See what it was like when you're HD yeah. page and you got that many good fucking bulls. So he probably's like, fuck it. Let's yeah. give it a go. Fuck it. So, so ro- rolling the dice again, would you say he's going back to a right? I think well, he came out. Yeah, like I don't know, maybe yeah, try. Well, he always so. puts his head down too in the buck and shoots when you watch that bull. Guys have a hard time getting out on him sometimes because he puts his head down and he leans on the gate. And maybe that's why they switched him up to try to get him to stop leaning on that gate. But for me, I knew that was going to go bad because he was going to be leaning on that side where as soon as the gate popped, he was just going to pick his head up yeah. and come out backwards. Then they put him on the clock. So he didn't even have a chance to, to try to get that bull's head up because he's on the clock. So he has to nod. So he nods with him with his head down on that inside. It was just yeah, disaster waiting to happen. Um, but it worked out. Uh, Sheep Creek, you remember that bull? Yeah. Same thing. Lean uh, on that gate like that. Yeah. That is the only bull I've ever seen in my 23 career year career fighting bulls where they put a post on the inside yeah. of the of the shoot into the arena. Yeah, on yeah. the gate. There'd be a they guy on to. the fucking Oh, he was latch. a dick. Yeah. That, that bull was a dick. Yeah. And it's a good thing it's a good thing he wasn't fucking mean. <laughs> he was fucking mean. You know. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, him and seven does he... both bulls from Tyler. From Tyler Thompson yeah. raised both them and they were exactly. both hot. Come and get Oh you. man. I actually, you know, as a bullfighter, you stand out in front of so many and everything's just repetition sometimes. The first time the I forget who it was, even crawled over and put that post down. I'm like, what what the fuck is going on here? Like, <laughs> hang on tight, don't fall yeah, off there. <laughs> Jesus, it, it, like Kelly Armstrong used to say, there's 99 things that can go wrong here and one that can go right, right? No, so, definitely. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it worked. Yeah, Cody Nance is kind of on a on a hot streak right now. He did good at a couple touring pros there. Got back on tour, and I think he was eighty seven again this weekend. So, pretty cool to see the old boy work his way back on tour after getting cut and getting himself back yeah. in the mix of things again. I've seen I seen his name at some rodeos too. Yep. Yeah, going at her. Yeah. yeah. Leme was obviously through the roof again. Jose Vitor Leme bucked off in the long round the second day, comes back, picks a bullet, hasn't been rode in 26 outs by the name of the right stuff and sticks it on him for, like he was only, he was 89 or something, but made a, made a hell of a ride on a bull that nobody gets by. Sure. Sure. That guy's unreal handy. I can't, when you watch that guy ride, it's just like, but that shouldn't be happening that easy. Yeah. It's pretty cool to watch actually. Yeah, he's going to be, yeah, he'll go down. I don't know. I don't know how you get much better. You know, and a bull's away from his hand, into his hand. Jess Lockwood, I talked about him on the last podcast, how many world championships he could win. And it would be, it'd be so cool, to, which is part of the sport of bull riding, but to see all these guys right now that are so good, so dialed in to all be healthy at once and just see mm-hmm. see that race, you know, because injuries play into things so much. And Always, fuck, yeah. there's some good bull riders. <laughs> that are going right now riding he's gonna, right if you can get all all the top guys lined oh. up and keep them healthy yeah, yeah that's what makes pbr the pbr yeah well he and plus he's gonna break a fucking toe kicking his helmet one of these days too <laughs> jesus he, Murphy. Well, he must have some steel toes on there because that got to that actually got hurts to. watching yeah i know that's what i'm saying like fuck yeah. i'm like oh jesus christ <laughs> 
Definitely. And then uh, Touring Pro News, Wichita was on this weekend. Michael Lane. Yeah, old Monster Energy Tour winner up in Canada, Michael Lane. That was yeah. good to see. Damn right. Yeah. yeah. Michael's a good guy. He's been around since since I was going, me and him and Gage Gay got to spend quite a bit of time together. So Michael's one of those guys that's always kind of like a Lachlan Richardson, just always fucking killed it at, uh, you know, Vol- Velocities, Monsters, Touring Pros whether it's the difference of the lights or what happens you'll ride the you know michael Pressure's and Lockie were kind of the same guys they'd get on those same bulls at a at a bft or unleash the beast and a touring pro they'd ride them fucking 10 times at the at the touring pro event you know and then might have held them at a at a bft or whatever yeah. it is but michael's made a full career off of of touring pros and winning yeah. velocities yeah. And, yeah. Ass. and just one of the nicest freaking guys yeah he is Super yeah. new dad too. I think they just had a little guy, a little girl, maybe a year ago yeah. or so. Yeah. So yeah, I Michael. enjoyed having him up here. Good guy. I'm sure he'll be back once everything gets gets uh, opened up a little bit more and we can get rolling. He's one of those guys you can always count on to be at every event as well as Logan Beaver. Hey, yeah, yep. another Number top ten, 10 on the weekend. Yeah, moved him to 49th, I think, in the world. So. uh Plucking away. Creeping in there. Yeah. Creeping in there. Usually the big thing with that winter run is even if you don't get up, you know, you don't get on tour in in this first little bit. When you get a a good enough start like that and and you're ahead of the ahead of the pace or ahead of guys that haven't really been going yet, by mid middle of the year, you got that much of a head start on on a lot of guys that haven't been rolling. Even just guys that maybe didn't have a good winter, you got a good same as like trying to make the NFR, right? Maybe you're well, not yeah. where you want to be at that point, but you've got yourself into a position where midway through the year, when there gets to be a lot of events, you have that head start on everybody that is now going and riding hot, and he's gonna have a really good chance to, to get on tour and make his first World Finals this year. Well, and, yeah. and another thing see. is he'll come back on a normal year. He'd come back to Canada and compete on the Cup Series here and with all that confidence of being around those really good bulls down there. And yep. um, I've seen that before when the guy come back up here like Aaron and you and you collect those points. Posse did it too. Come up here and collect all those points. Well, shit, Posse made the world And how many events that is last year? And, and was it 16? Right. Um, How Canada? many events did he? Yeah. UTB yeah. events. Did he go to down there? Not very many. Two. No, he like made two. that. Yeah. Yeah. He made it all in Canada here. So, yep. um, yeah, I, I I'm going to get behind Logan. Um, I, I yep. bet we see him in Las Vegas here in the fall for sure. The other boys, uh, Jake Gardner got thrown off. Um, Tyler Craig, Ashton Sully, Tanner, Eno, White Gleason, all the boys are down there. So, uh, I can't remember the stat, but it was like six to ten Canadian guys down there at either the Touring Pro in Arizona or in in Wichita at the Velocity event. So good to see the boys roll and good to see them on the trail. And they got the support of the NFP podcast, that's for sure. So good work, fellas. Keep on keeping on. That's right. We're good. We're good. So quick ad read. Uh, we got Bonner Bolton coming on today. Uh, oh, this is a, a good manscape segue right here. For <laughs> exactly, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Bonner, Bonner Bolton. So, uh, but we can talk about him before I go into the into the ad read, and then we'll just go right to the to the interview once we're done. That, but uh, Bonner is stand up guy, world finals bull rider, moved into the the uh, modeling gig, was on Dancing with the Stars, kind of a 
kind of a, like a, a, a full fudge celebrity nowadays. Oh, yeah. You know, just it's, good word. Uh, good yeah. word, Tanner. LT, know? I was just going to throw that out there. He's kind yeah. of a freaking celebrity. <laughs> Great minds think alike. Yes, yeah. we do. So it was very cool to, to, he's a busy guy, busy schedule, working through different stuff. So it was good to get him an hour of his time. And, and it, it's, you know, it's fun to, to hear from a guy that, you know, road bulls and then now has transitioned over into that uh, kind of that Hollywood, that, that modeling style uh, of a life that is totally foreign to really the Western lifestyle, the rodeo people. He's kind of uh, groundbreaking in that sense. And a lot of people don't agree with it. A lot of people agree with it, but Bonner really doesn't give a fuck. He just bees himself and, and, and goes, I bet on she agrees with the does. paycheck. You know? Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and, and as we'll hear, you know, he, his root, haven't left the western lifestyle whatsoever you know yeah. and uh i i like he's uh he's got some stuff on the go and he's uh trying to give back and stay in the bull riding business in a different way it's pretty interesting stuff so good for him you know he could have just walked away and and uh got caught up in the new yorker hollywood lifestyle and never you know you never hear from him again but that's just not his character yeah gets back to the cowboy roots so, yes, that'll be good to hear from him. But first, hey, you, yes, you got Bush. <laughs> you definitely do if you haven't tried the best products from our sponsor today, Manscaped. After using these life-changing products, you're going to want to join a ball sack beauty contest. I'm looking out for you, too, because I also have an exclusive 20% off discount. Use the code NFP20 at manscaped.com. That's NFP20 capitalized at manscaped.com. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0 kit. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the essential lawn mower, 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formulations to go around of your grooming routine. Are you are you making these up yourself, or yeah. do you actually get? Yeah, yeah. Come on, the N. We should start the NFP ad agency. That's right. Yeah. God. So hold on. Oh, I'm going to give it a plug too. I like it. Sut Sut's, Sut's got the nose. What's the weed whacker? Yeah, the weed whacker. Yeah. Yeah. Sut's come out today after school. Dad had my first shave. And, I'm like, what? <laughs> and he got the weed whacker going and trimmed the six hairs he had in his nose and his stash. Oh, that's years old. I just got another package in the mail from there. Yeah, yeah. me too. Oh, I got to keep that. I haven't got the Wrangler, and I haven't got the Sneaky Weasel, and I haven't got the NFP cap yet. I just don't know. I'll text you guys my address again after this one. But if I look back, if I look back the last six texts, I'm sure you'll have one there from me. But uh, (laughs) whatever, I know where I stand. Don't hold your breath. You might turn blue, buddy. Hold your breath. (laughs) COVID, it's COVID, <laughs> COVID. Fuck, what are you gonna do? <laughs> okay, this is the best trimmer to help you trim up the hedges. This trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. And that is the Lawnmower 3.0. And uh, stay in the loop, stay involved because there's some big news coming from manscaped in the next uh couple weeks of some some new product that we're looking forward to so when you trim the hedges the tree stands taller don't forget that boys you trim the hedges the tree stands taller don't fucking forget it it's a fact 
Get 20% off and free shipping with the code NFP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code NFP20. It's 2021 and you still got a bush. Change that with Manscaped. (laughs) Uh, Also, boys, before we go to Bonner, um, new merch, everybody. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see this hoodie. Nice. I like it. Like that. So we got some t-shirts. We got some hoodies. Uh, check us out on uh, 3dbullriding.com. Correct, Jason? Sure. 3dbullriding.com. Yeah, why wouldn't we go there? Let's give it a go. It'll be on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Follow along with the NFP page or, or any of one of us, Scott Byrne, Tanner Byrne, or your, uh, Jason Davidson, 3D Bull Riding on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that. We'll have all the links for for people to go buy some more merch. And if you want hats, once again, you can reach out to, to me, Tanner Byrne on Instagram. We'll get those lined up, but yeah, these, uh, we just got these, I, we approved them, the, uh, logo, the style, the feel of the hoodies, the material, it's fucking badass. So can't wait to see everybody rocking these, uh, on a daily basis. I, and I'm we'll still waiting. Them. I can't wait either. <laughs> hey, these ones are brand new, bro. These ones are, these ones are Jason, fresh. Jason, yeah. Yeah. I, I actually got mine yesterday. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> no, no yeah, I, didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I get it. Family, yeah, family <laughs> first. Yeah, that's all right. No worries. Well, I'm we'll, get our li- we'll get us lined up by our next pod. Hopefully, we can all have our, our NFP gear on here and people can check out what it looks like. So, uh, without further ado, we'll pass it on to our interview with Bonner. Unfortunately, from the past, he was injured. He was sidelined from the sport of bull riding. And after a bad fall, he had an injury, the same one that Christopher Reeves and he was temporarily paralyzed. He was able to learn to walk again and basically rebuilt himself into mm. a great career of modeling and acting. And now he's going to try his take at dancing. And I was able to um, speak to him earlier today and see if he can do this and inspire people coming back from an injury that, you know, you can, you can make it happen. Our guest today has been at the PBR World Finals, won himself a world championship in the CBR. You may know him as a fashion model, or you might have seen him on Dancing with the Stars. Our friend, <laughs> Mr. Bonner Bolton. Bonner, how you doing today? What's up, man? Good, Good to see you. You too, brother. How's things? Where are you at right now in life? Are you uh, back home or where are you at? Back home here in Texas. Uh, just got done at at the gym here, a little place I go to out on a ranch, kind of close to Stephenville and uh, south southwest of Fort Worth a little bit. Beauty, beauty. Okay, well, before we get into uh, what you're up to now and, and uh, the rank ride stuff that we're going to get into, uh, can you take us back to the early days? Your dad was a, a, a bull rider, obviously runs in the family, but give us a little background on your family. You guys are, are pretty legendary down there. Yeah, man. Uh Number one, thanks for having me on today. I appreciate it. It's been a while since me and you got to chop it up, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've been we've been good buds for a long time. First, I just want to say, like, uh, man, Tanner is one of my my best Canadian buds, and we've had some good times together. And this is an honor to be on your show today, man. It's it's awesome to see what you're doing and helping progress the sport, you know, especially up there in Canada, you guys are, uh, are killing it. I know COVID has been a, a shitty time for everybody and 
y'all been trying to do what you can and, and keep up with it. I, number one, how is it going up there? Like what, what is going on? Uh, what is going on? Where's not, the- not, Jason, not, you can take this one. Not a, not a, not a great question for this group. Uh, they, they need to come up there and fucking. Yeah. 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 I'm watching. I'm kick watching the door down. I'm watching. I watched Stetson Wright compete in Clovis and San Angelo this weekend on the Cowboy Channel. And it's just, it's no masks, sold out crowds. We can't even get 10%. We can't do anything in a building here. Nothing. Yes, we, we have to be in a bubble. Um, you know how the PBR did it in Georgia last year. And then the team challenge in Las Vegas. That's, that's how we have to operate still. We, we're actually yeah. in the worst place we've been with COVID since it, got here 13 months ago so so are they allowing events to happen still though no fuck no there's nothing we're not allowed out of our houses we're not allowed our families you're only allowed in saskatchewan right now you're only allowed within your family in one household you can't have your neighbors around you or other families or nothing dude it's fucking and and do they do they have i mean are they like giving out tickets like bad fines for that if you if you break the rules or what like if you if if you stand there long enough and let them write you out one they will (laughs) yeah and and even if they i even if they do i'll be fucked if i'm gonna pay one so (laughs) what who are i mean who are these do these cocksuckers get paid a lot of money to to enforce this shit i mean do they have do they not have family and friends that that hate this shit too you know like yeah there's no rhyme or reason to it nothing at all there's it's mm-hmm. it's just we can't even we sit here and we try and figure out what the fuck they're trying to do and it makes no yeah. sense and yes our, our police forces that are government paid are getting paid to walk around and and write little tickets out for people that are fucking up just trying to live right and that's mm-hmm. the frustrating part and we're all we've just come to a I don't know. There's something's going to break here pretty soon because. Well, I think it was grade eight. I think it was grade eight social studies. We learned about communism. (laughs) It's all coming back to me now. It's all coming back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. You you start to see that shadow falling everywhere. It seems around the world, and it's uh, we're living in a really weird time. I'm, you know, I just ask because uh, you know I know things are definitely polar opposite down here in texas right now and and thank god for our our governor man i mean he just i think he he sort of waited it out and like did went by the the book for everybody else's sake at the beginning just to see where you know his own yeah. real thoughts about it and and then you know heard the voice of the people and he is a man of the people you know and like stepped in there and said enough of that bullshit you know yeah. and just but it's it's crazy uh i know it's just a lot different up there and y'all don't have the same no. you know no. system no. up there and we're it's really so nice so people we're Canadians, so we just we're just like oh, okay 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 <laughs> our, our, our our prime minister unfortunately isn't for the people he is for communism and this is what he's just totally <laughs> yeah i agree with you there i mean i'm sure we got to be a little bit careful what we say on here even but uh no no no, no. we say no. what we want yeah no all right hard. well fuck 
Fuck, fuck that motherfucker, all right? <laughs> if I was up there with you, I would, I would fuck him up for you, all right? That's good. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. Well, you got brothers down here in Texas that care. That's all. And um, I just want to back up and say, like, I grew up on a ranch in West Texas uh, that started back in 1903. And my family were have been cattle ranchers since the start. They kind of all moved out from the Austin area when the first settlers came to Texas and were, you know, that's where the Texas Rangers came from and out and covered wagons to West Texas a long time ago. And I grew up on a real cattle ranch and my dad was a, a farmer on a dirt poor farm in New Mexico that always wanted to be a real ranch cowboy. And he, his closest way into that was uh, he had an uncle that rode bulls and wasn't, you know, he wasn't much to brag about, but he had some old gear that he gave my dad when he was about 12 years old, an old rope and glove and a set of spurs. I think that's about <laughs> it. And his first bull, uh, he's, he's got a picture of it and he's on this big ass white bramer with big old horns. And uh, he's like 12 years old, you know, <laughs> and getting on some big ass shit for his first time. Uh, but that's how they did it back then. And, you know, I watched my dad ride uh, until I was about four years old. He quit around that time and he had just won the George Paul Memorial down in Del Rio, Texas. And to see that at that age, he, like it really made a huge impact on me. I grew up watching uh, this video that they created about that specific event that year. In fact, I'm sure you've seen it, haven't you, Tanner? The, the yeah. George yeah. Pop tape? Yeah. 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 And in fact, we just posted that on Rank Ride. If for anybody that's watching that wants to check that out, it's still, you know, not just because my dad won that year, but it's that tape watching all those legends, you know, oh, and, yeah. and my, my dad being, you know, the winner, obviously, he be, my dad's always been my hero, but uh, fuck, man, that tape is just so gold you know yeah, like bonner talking about george paul i want to know um you know and and majority of viewers will understand you know what a buckle means to a bull rider to, to a rodeo cowboy but what do you think how much time do you think you spent as a young boy staring at that buckle and what it meant to oh you? man i more like i was a very visual person so i was always going through pictures and videos and I mean, I wore my dad's tape out like it, it didn't play anymore <laughs> by the time it was over. And uh, but I, I, you know, I'd be on the arm of the couch or riding a, a suitcase with a handle on it, you know, in the living room, just bucking around <laughs> to those yeah. videos, just wanting to wanting to be one of them, you know. And and I didn't start riding until I was about 10 years old. My dad never let me get on till I was big enough, you know, and I, I guess really. I'll back it up. I started getting on a few steers and whatnot, like around eight years old. I got on some calves and some steers and I'd get on a calf in the Brandon pen when they'd let me in <laughs> just yeah. ride, ride him up off the fire. But uh, that's how it started for me. And then when I got about 10 or 11, I started really going to a lot of junior bull ridings and sticking my hand in and nodding and, uh, that's where I cut my teeth. I grew up going to a little bar bull riding called Dos Amigos in uh, Odessa, Texas. And that was 
a real stomping grounds for bad company. They would bring a lot of bulls and all the, all the outlaw bull riders and contractors from all over Texas would come to that thing every Sunday. Yeah. The outlaw. And, Fuck yeah. yeah. Come, come Sunday and leave Tuesday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that yeah. place was rowdy, boy. Let me tell you, there was a lot of partying went down there. Fuck yeah. And that's like, that's where Bad Company and Mac Altizer really got their name was from specifically and a lot of what PBR became and, and you know, stemmed from and what standalone bull ridings and big open bull ridings, you know, Mac Altizer had such an impact on what that would look like in the future. And it went from brass, you know, brass band to at the rodeo and, mm-hmm. you know, singing all the old classics to uh, rock and roll, you know, motherfucker, rock, rock, and ro- <laughs> rock and roll and rap, you know, and uh, lots of neon colors and a good time. Yeah. Is that where you met? <laughs> is that where you met Bingham before Bingham was was who he is obviously now? But I know you guys go way back and he was on our podcast not long ago. Talked about Dawson. Oh, was shows. he? Yeah, talked about yeah, all man. that same shit that you're kind of talking about. So is that where you guys started running into each other? Yeah, actually, well, he he grew up just north of Odessa uh, for, I'd say, like four or five years of his life. And his dad and my dad and his uncle all knew each other because they grew up in New Mexico together, rodeoed out there together. And my dad and his uncle were real good buddies in high school. And traveled together you know did everything and uh, they ended up moving to odessa just kind of out there by the ranch where we live in gardendale and my dad built some fence for his dad and started taking me to work with him around that time i was probably eight mm-hmm. and he uh ryan you know i met him then and he was just a kid like maybe 14 but he was riding bulls at that time and he was going to Dos Amigos in fact, and getting on in the novice and open bull riding. And, uh, actually that was the first time my dad ever took me to Dos Amigos. I was eight years old to go watch Ryan ride one day. Cause he gave me and my older brother, a Nintendo set. (laughs) And so (laughs) my dad was building fence at his house and, uh, he gave us his Nintendo set and, at that point in time, I don't think he played guitar or anything like that. I mean, he was just a young kid. And uh, for him being nice to us, you know, my dad took us to go watch him ride and felt like we thought that'd be real cool, you know, and we did. I remember, I still vividly remember him getting on. He got on a black muley that hopped out there and turned back, jerked him down, helicoptered him around, and he hung up for a good, a good long time. <laughs> He didn't talk about that one. <laughs> no, no. And then the next time I vividly remember seeing him was a ways after that. He moved out, moved away from uh, Odessa, and I think moved to Stephenville and all over. Cool. He went and lived with Mac Altizer and uh, became pretty wild, I think. And then the next time I seen him was at the Hawaiian Luau uh summertime bull riding they do there at dos amigos and uh i think thomas taylor was putting it on it had ten thousand added and ryan was still riding like right at the end of his career and he was probably early 20s and i remember him sitting back in the 
in the metal old beat up metal chair and he had a cigarette hanging out and two front teeth missing on a necklace (laughs) that he was wearing that he had just uh some brental had knocked out you know a couple (laughs) nights before at some rodeo you know and Uh, we we got a a beer in one hand a cigarette and the other jb mooney style (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna have to get we'll have to get bingham and bonner back on together and just sit and and hit record yeah well bonner you went out you've like and music is a big part of your career too we can get into that a little bit as well sure. but you went and, and recorded some stuff at his at bingham's place right and you're kind of doing some music stuff or was that yeah was, man i owe a lot of like my knowledge about how to structure a song and like write songs you know i'd been trying since i was about 12 years old uh, my older brother plays brody and um he's really talented too he i would say he was way more natural at it than me and uh but he taught me a lot and then I learned a lot of different things from friends growing up and then I broke my neck and uh, stopped riding bulls, ended up going out to California for the whole dance show thing. And he knew I was out there. We reconnected and uh, he started having me come over and hang out and I'd kind of play him a few of the little songs I could remember from writing, you know? Yeah. And uh, he helped me. He really liked one of them and he helped me take it and really break it down and uh, start tracking and showing me how to track songs and write songs and, uh, you know, just the basics, really. And and I really appreciate him for that, man. I'll always remember that. And uh, yeah, he's he's a cool dude. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good guy. (laughs) Kind of touched on it there. Breaking neck, going to California. But let's uh, let's go back before that. So. Uh, grew up watching your dad. You went into the to the CBR game, CBR game first before you went to the to the PBR, correct? Yeah. So when I was eighteen, I started and got my PBR permit and pro rodeo stuff and CBR. I bought all of it, you know, and I just kind of played around in all of it a little bit. And because I was college rodeoing too, I went to college at Odessa, and in fact, that's where. I started meeting all my favorite Canadians. Yeah. <laughs> right oh yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, I mean, that's where, that's where Chad Bestplug comes into the scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Ty Elliott, Tanner Gerlitz, uh, God, I mean, I can name so many dudes or really a lot of fucking cool motherfuckers. Yeah. I just thought I really, I really enjoyed those points. They were, they were my favorite dudes on the team. Uh, and I rodeoed for a couple, two and a half years. I went to Odessa college and Texas tech for a little while and CBRs were kind of a little easier for me to hit. Cause there wasn't a lot of them. And I went to the first one. I, I think I won the first one I went to in Beaumont. Uh, one of tough steals and from then on I just kind of had the invite you know to go to those things and I, I went and uh, had a lot of fun won a lot of money and once I turned 20 I think I tore my bicep off the bone and I set out for about a year and that was right after I won the CBR deal and I was going to a bunch of PBRs at that time and really was winning a lot i think i was real close to making tour but that was when there was only a copenhagen challenger tour yeah, and yeah, those days. yeah and uh 
Um, they had maybe started the Discovery Tour and the Enterprise the Inter- Enterprise oh. Tour, and then I think the third tier back then wasn't it the Humps and Horns Tour? They had called it. You're um, right. Yeah, yeah, the the little five thousand out of yeah, things. that's right. Uh, and I was going to all those hard at that time, and that's when uh, Elliot Jacoby and Clayton Bates had just made it on tour. Um, Not bad. There was- <laughs> a lot of a lot of boys from Texas, Douglas. Uh, that's where we all started, you know, really going hard to PVRs. Those boys had been going to pro rodeos and CBRs too, and um, it, it was a fun time to be going to them deals. But it was a lot harder to make tour than it is now. That's for sure. There was a lot of good bull riders. Is Batesy still kicking? What's he doing now? <laughs> hey, man. Uh, I don't know. I, would, I don't want to say. I have no idea. But <laughs> I don't want to say. We'll just leave it at that. We'll just leave it at that. I cannot incriminate myself or him. No, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that was a wild cat. Holy shit. That whole crew was, but. I remember when you did when you got on tour, you were with uh you were with us. We were on a snowboarding trip, me and you and Best Plug That's and right. Jared Craig, Ted My, Stoven, and you got the call and we had to get you to the border or some fucking thing, right? Yeah, I remember I had the party pony. I had the van with me. Oh yeah. The full size white <laughs> conversion van. I had this Dodge uh like 2012 full-size conversion van all leather interior and uh, we were stacked deep in that thing it was me marcus Merluch, uh jared craig yeah i think dakota dakota beck might have rode across the border with us too and we were smoking some of the strongest dank you could ever imagine from spokane <laughs> washington <laughs> We literally were blazing across the border. I don't know how they found the uh, entrance that we we went in, but like literally, they did not check shit. They just <laughs> let us roll straight. Through. Well, that's because you're going into BC. They don't care over there. Yeah. Oh man. If dude, you were trying was... to get into Alberta, Saskatchewan, they might have turned you around with the smell of the vehicle. You never know. But it was so it was so smoked out because we had like a full. I mean a full bag before from Spokane to the border. And we were like, shit, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to try to smuggle this across the border and not make the bull riding, you know? So we're going to, we're just going to roll four, four or five blunts and just smoke all of them before we get there. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember Marcus had never smoked very, very much or done anything. And, uh, uh, Jared Craig wasn't a big smoker either, but we had everybody so blazed out in that hot box. That's right. That's probably why you thought that weed was legal. I remember we went to um, Pazabon's house. Pazabon was in Texas. Oh, he was on tour at that time, and we stayed the night at their place. And you just pulled out your bag of weed and put it on the table and started rolling a joint. And I remember Leanne Pazabon's like. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> but I was like, well, isn't this legal here? Isn't this shit legal here? <laughs> you know, it's always been better than pain pills, baby. That's it. <laughs> That's so, anyways, yeah. So you uh, you get on tour. What year was that? Uh, that was like 2011, 2012, somewhere right there, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. You and me, we went to so yeah, we were going to those uh, those challenger events up there, like 
uh, what was it, Ed, Ed Edgerton or something? Edmonton, Edgerton. Edmonton, and then Edmonton. we were Edmonton, Edmonton, and then we were going to Abbotsford. It was those cup events. Abbotsford. Yeah, and there was and a it was cold as fuck at uh, Abbotsford. <laughs> I remember the little indoor barn arena. Yeah, was that kind of the one? Yeah. But I remember I rode uh, I rode Ty's bull in the first round. I got on Ty's little black and white paint. Remember? Uh, yeah, I can't was this Chilliwack? Is this Chilliwack? Yeah, that's maybe Chilliwack or yeah. Chilliwack. Yeah, probably Chilliwack. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And that little bastard bucked, but I made the short round on him, and uh, I got on some rental that just really whirled it up, and I won a little bit there, and I, I want I got him at a couple places, and that it did it set me in there as an alternate for Kansas City, and we literally started on one side going up Vancouver side to. Abbotsford or wherever and then over to Edmonton and then remember we went to uh, Niagara Falls and hung out and gone by that time I've never been to Niagara Falls yet I was out of the vehicle well we went snow (laughs) we went snowboarding with you and Chad right oh yeah and Ted Stoven yeah yeah (laughs) and then I had to drive back down through Buffalo New York on down to Kansas for my first or second you know uh, yeah. I guess alternative, yeah, alternate position that I had gotten, and uh, that it just started rolling from there a little bit. Fucking a. So then you you're on tour from then on, make the world finals a few times. 2015 was probably your biggest year, correct? Your yeah, finish? that was 2015 was really the only year I ever made the finals. I was on tour years before that, but like, want to say 2000. 14 or 13 i had elbow surgery okay and i set out and that's when i went and did the longest ride stuff which is like what i came back from doing and that was towards the end of the year i think i went like in september to that filming or whatever that year in 2014 and got on rango Got on Rango twice within my first five bulls back off elbow surgery, like a real smart human being, you know? (laughs) And uh, wow, like, dude, that was when he was literally, I think, number three bull in the world or something at that time. Yeah. How many times did you get on him? Twice? Twice you got on him? Yeah, twice. Once, like, at eight something in the morning, and then the second time at midnight on set. Yeah, because you were Scott East. Not your normal East competition hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you were Scott Eastwood's stunt double for that movie, correct? For those that don't know, that's that's right. Yeah, they had me, uh, Bran Atwood, yeah. Marcus Merluch, and uh, a kid named Sam, who was the stunt guy, uh, the stunt director's nephew. A really good hand. He was really good. Uh, you know, he kind of a longer, lankier dude, but he rode really good. Oh yeah, he actually got on some bulls as well. Oh yeah, Sam rode. Uh, he was he. I want to say he was one of the main stunt guys for uh, Scott as well. Oh cool. But I'm the one that got on Rango for the final scene. <laughs> yeah, you're the one. <laughs> yeah, that I might have had to hit the button on if I really rode him or not, but. Uh, <laughs> They, uh, they gave me the bonus for doing it, so fucking I was stoked. Oh, that's good. So in 2015, you have the the biggest finals. You ended up probably the highest you had. 
grueling into 2016, fucking killing it. One of the best bull riders in the world. Uh, tragedy strikes. Can you walk us through that? Yeah, man. Um, so I, yeah, I was coming off of the best uh, year I'd ever had on tour and had really finally teed in on my equipment, you know, after all the injuries I'd been through, figured out what was working for me and what wasn't. And I had switched to a Brazilian bull rope and started really learning how to pull that damn thing down and, <laughs> and tie it off and uh, how much rousing to keep on it. And man, I, and I owe a lot of that to Ty and Krusty Bob here for showing me the ropes and helping me out on tour. You know, you guys, you guys kind of started doing it and I was like, yeah, you know, it's helping them. I'll damn sure try it. And, and so it did. And uh, I finally got my confidence back and, you know, ride and walk off at the finals really was like, that was a a real peak in my career. I mean, I, I remember being real intimidated of that bull, just seeing him, just freaking manhandle everybody that Fuck, year. Fuck yeah, especially right-handers. Nobody, no right hand. I think you might be the only right-hander uh, stayed on him. That thing was fucking. And I, yeah, it's, yeah, because he was that, that you know usually right there to the left, and um, I was real nervous about it. <laughs> like I'm not gonna lie, I was crawling down on him, and he's got a back as wide as my fucking steering wheel here in uh <laughs> but you know i had adriano marias on the back of my shoot and he he wasn't gonna let me puss out you know and not be a fucking pussy and um uh, really i really no pun you know had to, i had to fucking bow up and, and give her hell and thankfully it worked out man he felt he honestly felt so much fucking better than he looked several times i'd seen him and i think he had a pretty good trip for me to ride him but he uh he messed up and went into my hand took him down <laughs> hell yeah yeah hero percolator had a really good finish top five yeah right? the finals yep yep, yep. and six, i had a uh, 60 000. nice payday Yes, sir. Yeah, it was a it was a good time. I remember going to the buckle ceremony. Here's a pretty wild story. I had my girlfriend there at the world finals with me. Remember her? Uh, yeah. What and so the, the the Indian girl I was dating, yeah. Alexis. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And uh, we were walking through the casino after the buckle ceremony, you know, and I I was pretty hyped up after that and tuned up i had had a few beers you know <laughs> and i had my buddy chad with me too and he was drunker than hell and um uh, we're all go all three going back to the hotel and we're walking through the mgm on the bottom floor and some guy was walking behind us and he was you know kind of a creepy like pedophile stalker looking kind of dude you know and <laughs> he was he was walking right behind us and I, I looked back and you know i'm amped i just rode fucking walk off and, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, we're walking and we're by the slot machines just as you come through the the main lobby you know and uh this dude i told him what are you looking at you know and he pointed and he said her ass and i remember no sooner than he could get it out of his mouth boy i fucking hit him so hard <laughs> and he lifted him lifted him off the ground and he slid, slid about <coughs> 10 to 5 feet out there you know and uh, in between some slot machines just out cold and <laughs> I, I remember just looking around and uh 
my buddy Chad was right there, you know, and they were just like, we probably ought to get out of here so you don't get in trouble. And <laughs> just we did. Walking. We left. We just, just kept walking. Out of there. Yeah. <laughs> no security caught up with us, thankfully. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, so 2016, you kind of kept your momentum rolling from the finals. Chicago hits. You break your neck. Yep. And I, um, you know, that day, that weekend, I had like a, a feeling I was going to do like something big was going to happen that weekend, you know, and I was so teed in on what I was doing and focused. I knew like coming into 2016, I had what it, what it took and needed to like really challenge a world title race and be the number one guy at the end of the year. I felt like, and I, I was believing in it, believing in myself and, uh, man, I mean, the first two rounds couldn't have gone any better. I had two good bulls. Uh, both went into my hand. Uh, I think I won second the first night, and Douglas won the first round. And drew a bull the next day, cowboy up, that I'd been wanting to get on for a long time. In fact, I think I'd seen you. Had you gotten on him before? No, before that? I hadn't hadn't been on him, but I see he was around. Yeah, he was awesome. A lot of guys didn't really get along with yeah. him the way you did. Like, you styled him out, but, yeah, he wasn't but, the easiest one. Man, he really left there hard, but he'd just really blow and kind of whirl and come around, and uh, I knew we would match up good. And anyways, I, I it felt great. I remember it feeling like move for move, what it felt like, and leaving the shoot with him that day. I remember – um I was just so in sync. I, I, I can't remember ever feeling more in time with a bull or any ride in my life feeling better. And I was just kind of so glued to him. By the time I, the whistle blew, I was wanting to look out to the outside. I remember, and I went to kind of pull my tail or maybe was losing my wrap a little bit already. And it came out before I wanted it to, I, I don't know what it was, but I ended up coming up really, really high instead of outward and he just flipped me upside down and it was super unexpected. And I just remember kind of being suspended thinking, Oh shit. And trying to get extended and rotated, you know, and before I knew it, the ground came and like, uh, every year they always have that white sand and in the Chicago arena. And it was like, I think honestly, so random, and such a miracle though at the same time because if that would have been hard dirt or you know even if i'd have had a helmet on i think it would have that more that much more of a blunt impact could have really just severed my nervous system and my you know all my all my shit but it ended up crushing uh and and breaking my spine straight through my c2 and crushed one whole side of it and like tore some tendons and I remember you know when I hit the ground just like I heard the crunch inside my body it was like someone stomping a beer can and it didn't knock me out you know I was totally conscious I was the first rider to go that day um and I remember you know uh just laying there on the arena floor I watched his feet come as he's you know, tried to come over the top of me, I could see out from under the brim of my hat that he was out there in front of me about to run over me. And I knew, I knew I had just broken my neck. I knew like 
I didn't understand what was happening because I could feel my neck from here and feel the sharp burning swelling. And, uh, it was just crazy. Like, I mean, it lit me up when I hit the ground, but I was totally conscious, you know, and I knew what was happening. And all of a sudden I just start feeling this flooded, you know, fluttery feeling, you know, and, seeing colors and shit and you know the bull ran straight over the top of me um i just literally like when they say you you come to a near-death experience your life flashes before your eyes like i really believe that my life did flash before my eyes i remember seeing like all these moments of my life like in a in a like in a heartbeat and and then thinking like at the end of it came to this like calm feeling and, and like, I'm, you know, I'm meant to hang, hang on. I'm meant to hold on. Like, and I remember internally thinking and praying to myself, like, God, you know, if I'm, if I'm not meant to leave here, please, you know, like help me fight, fight right now, you know? And I knew I literally knew I was dying and they put me on the stretcher and rolled me over and thank God for the people that handled me, you know, like those paramedics, they were really, really amazing at what they did apparently. And I mean, kept me steady, all the bone fragments and shit in my neck that I had broken. They said it was just insane. Like it just a miracle that none of that, uh, sliced a nerve, you know, and yeah. that my nerves were still intact because it was literally like someone had decapitated me. My, my whole spine was broke, you know, and some of it in fragments and that's what made it so serious. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and, the, and the ligaments being torn too. And I, I guess my body went in full shock and that's why I couldn't feel anything below my neck. It hadn't paralyzed me, but I, I guess it did, you know, to some extent for Shocked about the shock did. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I couldn't feel anything below my neck for the rest of that day. You know, it took me until I like got to the hospital. I don't know how long I'd been there, but I remember at some point feeling like this, this crazy turn in my stomach, like water turn. And I remember I had just been focusing, thinking like I need to move my hands. You know, my hands were just like cramped, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, super stiff, like someone who's paralyzed looks. And I just kept thinking, man, I just need to fucking move my fingers, you know, like. And I felt this wave turn in my stomach, and literally started getting motion in my fingers. Realized that. I could feel again and started wiggling my toes and like eventually could feel my ass, you know, and just remember trying to be so still and, you know, careful because they had explained to me what had happened, you know, I knew. And, um, yeah, the, the first one, I guess, that I, person I knew would have been the guy who rode with me to the hospital, um, Todd Pierce, who's like the oh, chaplain yeah. for PBR, you know, and yeah. he normally normally doesn't 
leave an event when a guy gets hurt, you know, to stay there for whatever else. But he, he, you know, he, I guess knew and intuitively that it was pretty bad. And, and we all knew, right. We all kind of knew that it wasn't the way everybody, you know, when somebody gets hurt and then the, you know, Tandy's kind of mulling around, but this one, us being on the back of the shoots, it was like, this ain't fucking good. Something, something's wrong. Yeah. We got, I remember too, we got word back in Canada by text and, I don't know if it would have been Tanner girl. I don't, I can't remember who it would have been, but it was, you know, before that would have been an afternoon perf in Chicago, probably by supper time, everybody up here knew, you know, this is yes, pretty bad and pretty yeah. serious. You know, obviously you've probably, you had to tell this story a few times, Bonner. It's gotta be uh, extremely emotional. Um, yeah it's tough it's it's tough but you know what's cool is i like immediately i'll go back to a little more detail of the story here in a minute but it's what's cool about where you what you're saying is ever since my wreck like i knew i knew there was a good chance i might not ever ride again you know i knew there was definitely that chance but i never wanted to accept it in my mind for the longest time right and and so that's what kept me driven to like walk again talk again think again feel again you know be able to do shit exercise you know get back to my feet and the one thing i want to say about the doctors that did my surgery and I don't know maybe they really did think I would ride again but maybe they knew the reality I'm sure they did probably and they weren't rodeo doctors either you know of course they're just uh neurosurgeons and and spine specialists right and thankfully that's another thing like in Chicago that Uh hospital I went to was like literally come to find out one of the the most high like one of the best places for neurosurgery and spine yeah. injuries right tanner so wouldn't that, that, if that yeah, happens, fuck yeah it was good if good. that happens in oklahoma city or oh, reno or whoever yeah. you, you just don't know what the outcome like everything happens yeah, for a reason know. good or bad right yeah yeah and like it was just crazy how many little things like that when you go back and look at the details sort of lined up so so and it's like you know over time I've really learned that it was meant to happen what happened to me you know and I always knew I always thought my purpose was to be like you know world champion because I loved riding bulls so much and I wanted to be the best and believed I could do it you know and and I thought that was really like my goal in life but it was come to find out it it really wasn't and there's so much more to life than riding bulls really you know and wrote and the sport of rodeo and and all of that and like when that injury happened to me i knew from that day forward i needed to start facing the potential aspect of never doing it again you know and to do that i would need to talk about it i would need to like face it head on right and some of that has been very traumatic for me some of it's been real healing for me like I think going to some of the PBR events as soon as I did right after my wreck and like doing PR was probably not good for me and it really made me dive into some dark places and like 
fucking sucked to sit there and watch and see my friends doing what I loved and was doing just fine with them, like not yeah. too long ago. You know? yeah. and, and realize like, you know, after working 19 years of your life, it's something and pouring your whole heart into something. And that's not there anymore. It's a real, you know, deep dive of, of depressing feelings and, and just confusion over like what your life's about. Like why me? What, what am, well, not necessarily why me, but like, what the fuck am I supposed to do now? Right. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah what is my, pur- what is yeah. my purpose? I thought I knew it, but you know, I, and it wasn't necessarily that I placed like all my identity and being a bull rider or anything. It was just that, I never, never in my life would have thought I would break my neck and, you know, be paralyzed or, or have to stop because the potential aspect of tying my hand on again could literally kill me. And I don't know. I just, it was a really hard thing for me to swallow for a long time, but then, you know, going through it and facing those dark times and, whatever you know maybe it just if i hadn't done that maybe it would have prolonged something i would have you know had to face later and and just festered inside you know but i'm glad i did it whatever the case and i've been able to face my demons and like work through it and i've you know seen some other friends take deep dives you know and, and tanner has too and we we've seen a lot of what you know what the downside of losing your career looks like and it's really it's a really tough thing to face and whether you're a football player or it just anyone who's had a dedicated passion and love for what they do for so long and and then you all of a sudden have to switch gears yeah what would you think when you look back at it um would you say was most important in your healing process. Now I don't, and I'm not meaning just come back from a a broken neck, but like, you know, to get over the demons, like it, we've all, you know, we can, yeah. we can talk about friendships we've had and we could all tell a story about somebody that has, yeah. you know, come no, that's back a very life. important question. Yeah. So that's, that's, what was that for you? Oh, man, it was a lot of, it was a lot of just, you know, getting, just letting it out, you know, letting, you know, feeling the grief, feeling uh, the depression. And at first I didn't know it was okay to feel that stuff, you know, and, and I tried to hide it. I tried to bury it. I tried to, but like, it made it worse when I did feel it. And I would really, you know, it started with partying and, and getting into some drugs and, and alcohol and really abusing both of those things for a pretty good while. And I was taking it over the limit, you know, and, and I felt like life had felt like life had stolen the eye of the tiger, but I wouldn't, I didn't want to believe it, you know, and so I was always trying to push it to the limit anyways, in any way I could, whether it was partying or, you know, if they weren't going to let me back on bulls in the PBR arena, you know, I didn't see the point in riding bulls at all. If that was the case, you know, 
And whenever they released me and I, and I found that out like three to four months into my healing process after watching the ceiling fan go around and fucking around, you know, laying face up, I couldn't even wash myself. My girlfriend had to do that, you know, and couldn't hold a fork the right way for a long time, even, you know, and it, there was some really confusing dark times in that, in that first three months where I wasn't really sure I wanted to be around anymore. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know how worth, how much life would be worth it at that state, you know? And it was hard for me and, and, and my girlfriend had to, you know, set me straight a few times in the apartment we lived in there. And, uh, you know, that there was some crazy shit that went on that I won't really get all into, but, um, you know, that's one of the things that I always go back to between me and Ty Pazabon that year later that year, after I had healed a lot more, I, I went to the world finals and I, came to watch you guys ride if you remember Tanner and I, yep. I went and stayed with Ty and um you know we had a conversation about a lot of this stuff which is the hardest thing in the world for me to like accept or look back on and think about but we shared a lot of common you know I guess inflictions or yep. afflictions from the shit that had happened to us and that was kind of the the common ground we were able to to talk about and we both knew better though you know we both knew that there was something beyond all that and uh you know we shared it and and he sympathized with me and he you know he gave me this watch out of his rider's gift bag or whatever from the the finals that year and I still have the watch it's something that I'll never lose and um that's been with me ever since then and I always think about that and the the words that were exchanged between me and him. And even though I don't understand, you know, any of his, him and I had two very different injuries, you know, mine was more physical than psychological, you know? And, and uh, I mean, it's hard to separate one from the other. And my injuries definitely had a lot of psychological effect on me I feel like today still but not the same as what it what it comes down to with a brain injury like that's totally different deal and um so you know that's where I I just have to understand that I don't understand everything and and there's a lot of um you know a lot that none of us will ever understand until we reach the other side ourselves. you know yeah and um and and I can only say that I feel like he is still surely sitting on my shoulders every day, uh, saying smart ass shit. I think he's on all of our shoulders as, uh, as one of our angels that looks over us every day, you know? And, uh, I really believe, you know, his spirit is, is very well alive still. And, and so many yeah. people and, uh, and I can only think about the amazing person he was I don't see anything, you know, uh, wrong with what, who he was and what it, it was. It's, it's not meant for us to understand and you, you don't need to, you know, and all you can do is accept it and, and see the beautiful impact his life has made on everybody. And 
will continue to make. Yeah. I, I have no doubt. You know, I think there's a movie in the in the future somewhere that should be made about his life. You know, I'm sure you guys have thought about it or talked about it, but yeah, that uh, sure, hey? yeah, that is someone who's had a great impact on me. You know, through that time, and that was one of the first real healing moments I think for me. And when him and I shared that moment and I was able to spend a couple of days there at the finals, he fucking killed it. The nights I was there, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that one night, the night he rode that big ass black uphorn bull and won the round. That was, that was badass. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's the night he commented. He felt like he could ride Godzilla. That yeah. was, that was everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Rolling. he was rocking rolling yeah yeah that was good that's good that's a good way to put it right though it's just you don't know what life's gonna fucking put at you and you don't know the people that are gonna come into your life and change things without them even knowing it you know the effect that they can have on you so that's pretty yeah. amazing to hear just through his story and, and him how much it helped you it's very well said yeah. it really it, it really is and you know i went up there with you guys to his his service and everything and that was one of the hardest things to ever see or go through and watch. Uh, but also I think one of the most healing things for so many people there mm-hmm. to just, to just really understand like, or at least try to scratch the surface of what, you know, the weight of what his life has meant. I mean, yeah. for such a, for such a <laughs> no give a shit, guy like he made he made such a major impact on this planet man and uh it's gonna keep going i don't think it's it's gonna stop you know i agree with you oh it's for sure like it's it's when you look back at things for all of us sitting here right now the bottom line is everything happens for a reason and that happened to make that happen to make that happen and at the time yeah at the time it doesn't make sense but you know, when you get to sit back and look at it, it does. And I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. Everything happens for a reason, good or bad. Yep. At the time. And, and when he, you know, his, he, he was meant to leave when he did, no matter what. And um, we, we're, we are here and we still have work left to do here, you know, and that's what we've got to realize. And that work is, I think, truly working on ourselves every single day and just like working on loving ourselves more, working on understanding that it is okay to feel things and, and, and go through hard times. And it's, but the most important thing is to share it. You know, that's the biggest lesson we can learn out of all this stuff is sharing that more when, when you are going through the struggle, not, you know, not after it's too late or whatever. And, and people being that love you being more aware of like what your, your real struggle is, you know, and even if it's uncomfortable or embarrassing, you know, just making sure people know like that, Hey, I'm, I am, I am this and, and understanding that it's okay to be that it's okay to be human. Nobody's perfect. We're all fucked up, you know? And And we're all, we're all like a good friend of mine told me one time, we're all just trying to make it home from the bar at night, (laughs) you know, know, just help each other home. And that's really it, man. And and I think like, you know, Ty's life had so much purpose. Look at what we're talking about right now and look and look at the effect of what, 
Yeah, this isn't even scripted, you know. We're we want to talk to Bonner Bolton today and and we're talking about Ty Pozabon. Right <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's not and it's not yeah. scripted. That's your yeah. you hit the nail on the head, Bonner. Um he well he had a major impact on me along with you know Tanner I know as well and and our generation of guys that had the had the privilege to know him you know and I met him back when he went to school in Odessa that was my first encounter with him him and Randy Cortieri those two little shits you know (laughs) (laughs) I was a little older than both of them you know so I was kind of a little out of their age range already almost out of out of the school college rodeo phase and starting to hit the road more and uh but i really loved getting a no tie there at odessa man he's he's been the same since day one and i can say that for a fact he's never one that's the most consistent guy i know you know that that legacy that legacy of tie and and what it's all brought about for me has allowed me to be able to say to Tanner or Jason or anybody without feeling embarrassed. Hey man, you okay? You know, is it all, are you all right? Yeah. And I think that's yeah. huge for, for our industry or for us as Cowboys to let our guard down enough to say, yeah, all right. And Tanner's done it to me, Jason, you know, yep. it, it's cool. What came of it. Yeah. for sure. Honesty. And, and that's when, you know, that's when, you know, someone's really cares. And, and I think that's the most powerful vibration and energy we can put out in the world no matter what is uh, is loving each other and it's it's not not a homo thing it's not it's not gay it's not it's not sissy to uh yeah. to show someone compassion and and sensitivity if you if you feel they need it you know and um you might just save someone's life you never know i mean oh, yeah. just right. just smiling at the lady at the at the gas station, you know, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, as soon as we can uh, take off these fucking masks, I'll be, you know, yeah. Now up yeah. here in Canada, Bonner, we have to let everybody know we're smiling. We have to tell them. Oh, that's yeah. incredible, man. I, I think, uh, I think there's, there's probably going to be a spell this shit I don't, I don't see it lasting for forever i don't no, see how anyone yeah. could put up with it. No. yeah we'll roll on so bonner so moving past that time uh of your life you've obviously came through the other side now and for you know everybody on looking of, of you doing this modeling stuff you've been on dancing with the stars you seem to have your your shit together and seems like as much as you thought life was over when your bull riding career was over, you've taken this to fucking 10 steps higher now and, and uh, doing well for yourself and, and rolling further. Where are you kind of at with all that stuff right now? Yeah, man. Well, uh, thankfully, you know, after breaking my neck, there was an opportunity that came about with PBR that I, you know, I'll always appreciate PBR for, which was giving me the, the opportunity to meet the the agency over there at IMG, which growing up, hell, if you asked me if I'd go model or if I ever thought I was going to be a model, that would that would have been the last thing on my yeah. plate of thing or list of things I wanted to do. I promised you, but uh, I've always been artistic, you know, and I've always like loved art, you know. And as I've gotten older, loved the process of filming and. So all that stuff is appealing to me, but 
I knew like, okay, if, if I go over there and I can make some money, you know, this is something, this is better. This is, this is something at least than more than what I had at the time, which was not shit <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> make a and, and a broke neck, you know? So, um, I said, yes, hell yes, let's, let's do this. And, um, I started going and I started meeting a lot of people and I had a lot of interviews, a lot of castings, all kinds of stuff. I went from New York to Paris and London and the first trip they sent me to was, uh, was Paris for the Victoria's Secret fashion show. Oh, damn. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I went, I went and did all these interviews with, uh, you know, casting directors, photographers and all these things. And, and magazine outlets and stuff and they sent me on a a train to london and i went to london and and went to the british fashion awards and let me just tell you london was a good time (laughs) 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 it was a real good time Uh, uh yeah so i i ended up going over there and i had a friend over there uh a young lady that i'd met prior in texas and she was from over there and uh not too bad looking if i must say and, uh, <laughs> and uh she she invited me to this party one night and i was like all right and this this was one night where i didn't have anything planned or scheduled and and so she took me out and her and one of her other friends picked me up and uh these girls were about the equivalent to like your your high-end american playboy playmate status type girls you know and and they took me to some magazine party over there with which is like the american equivalent to uh or the british equivalent to playboy you know it's called 66 mag or something and so i went over there and i am one of maybe like 20 guys in a room full of about 100 women (laughs) that are all just like top 10 plus european playmate model status right and uh we're partying you know and i'm i've got on like a nice suit and jacket and my black hat you know and i'm cowboying around in this <laughs> <laughs> and i'm having a good time and uh these these ladies uh asked me well do you want to you know you want to go in the in the back room and uh there was a a rapper filming a rap video in the back room and you can go look this up. I'm not bullshitting. You'll see me if you watch the whole thing, but they're filming this rap video and this guy who's like a British superstar rapper, um, his name is Giggs, G I G G S. Mm -hmm. And he featured on Drake's album, like right after that, the one with the guy in the tuxedo on the front. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and uh, and he's like on two or three of Drake's songs right there. But like I, I was literally thrown into his rap video because these dudes loved my cowboy swag and my buckle and everything. <laughs> and they're like, and they had me play like the drug lord on in this video. And I like go put some money on the table or whatever. And uh, it's wild. You'll have to check it out. It's a I'm it's a song it. called Wonder What. And it's a rapper named Suspect and Giggs, oh, and it's it's British rap. <laughs> but uh, that that's like my wildest story from going over there and 
it was a good time. But since then, fast forward, I, you know, took a lot of the money I made over there and from the Dancing with the Stars stuff and everything. And, you know, all I know is that I didn't want to model for forever. That definitely was not my calling and my, <laughs> my, uh, my forte. And I'm thankful for it, you know, hands down. I'm really grateful for those people that gave me those opportunities. Um, and I've been fortunate enough to still get some model work. It's now more a little in line in the direction I like with, which is a little more Western and stuff like that. I did a thing with Filson the other day and boot barn, which yep. is cool to get back involved with them. Um, but I took that money and decided I, I need to invest it into something that'll hopefully make money in the future. And if I can do that, what, what can I do that in the world of bull riding? Cause that's really all I know, you know, and, uh, kind of apply all my interests and skill sets to that. And then I ended up stumbling across some really great people in the technology realm who are all experts software development people and i had a good brand builder and they mentioned the idea of you know fantasy sports and i started learning about fantasy sports and the explosion of fantasy football and like how much money that was bringing in for all the american leagues and sports that allow that you know and that have made those partnerships and it's really accelerated the game, you know, for those sports and the the income for those players even. And so I, you know, realized, okay, well, PBR, we're not doing that over here. You know, there's nothing like that. There's really not, um, you know, this is a smaller market probably to some degree, but not really when you factor in all the countries and, there's so much opportunity for it. And this is something that the fans get something out of, but also the bull riders too, you know, and there's a lot of opportunity to grow the market and the economy in our world through it. And so we, we put the pedal to the metal, started developing, putting blueprints down, testing things. We've been testing things for like, the last two years pretty much and i've been working on this deal with pbr for their marketing and partnership uh you know we we give them a partnership with us too and and right now the product's free but we plan to monetize it in the future and it's just now to the point where we're ready to say okay this is fully functional fun easy to play phase one you yep. know, and let people test it out, learn, learn how it works, you know, and it's super easy. You sign up, it's totally free. Um, you get six rider picks and three bull picks, right? And so an athlete total of nine that's scoring for you all weekend. And it's all based off of the first round draw. Yep. And you just go in and look at the matchups. All of our profiles for the bulls and riders have analytics uh, that are, updated every every day pretty much on like rider rankings and you know buck off streak ride streak uh all that stuff's in there for your player analytics and bull analytics uh for riders and bulls but then you go in make your picks submit your team and we pay out every i guess after every two weeks we pay out it, no longer than two weeks out of every competition so if you land in the top 
and you can opt in for text messages that show you like when the entries are open and like who won what for every weekend. And this is Rank Ride Fantasy, right? It's called Rank Ride Fantasy. Yep. You can find it in the App Store. You can follow you guys Rank Ride. on Instagram, all over, right? Or how do we yeah, find man. That's it, man. Just rankridefantasy.com. Uh, if you go to the store, that's rankridestore.com. It's all connected. Um, we've got some sweet merch in there that we're working on. And right now we've kind of, we've really been putting our focus and effort into the game for the last year, but we're, we're about to update the store and put some cool new merch in there. So sweet. be on the lookout yeah, for some sweet, sweet might summer gear. To, might have to have an NFP uh, team, eh, boys? Fucking right. Absolutely, yeah. man. Heck yeah. Okay, well, man. we need to get, uh, we need to get you plugged in uh, to the website and have you guys, you know, getting some marketing on there and, uh, you know, cross promote each other. Fucking hey, yeah. That's why yeah, we yeah, have you on. Yes, but this is big for for our sport. Other sports have this. They have a fantasy league, football, uh, hockey. You can have your team. So this is a way to for the fans to interact with it as well as make some money uh, by doing it. And it makes it so much more interesting. I know for myself, that's what would be cool. Absolutely. Getting involved. As well, you have bow riders involved in it. So it's it's made by bow riders, for bow riders, for the fans. And you're giving money back to uh charities western sports foundation stuff like that as well yep. right? absolutely the reason that really you know the biggest passion for me behind staying on top of this project and making it happen and and really trying to make it something real and fun and and successful is because western sports foundation helped me out so much when i broke my neck they literally paid for my entire medical bill right or at that point it was called rider relief fund. That was, yeah. that was the main charity for our sport. And that has now been converted into Western sports foundation and they help all of uh, all the injured riders on tour and special cases with fans and things like that. And it's something all the riders, all of us believe in, you know, obviously they've got special programs even for helping guys learn how to manage their finances to, even things like if, if you need some counseling or need, you know, going through something in life, you need, you need help. They provide programs for that now. And it's really amazing. I'm super happy to see where the sport's gotten to because the insurance with PBR is not very good at all. And uh, that's something that is kind of made up for by the charity that they do. And, and these guys take on the special cases and have a lot of special donors and that's, that's one thing we would like to see this, you know, be a way for the fans to help give back and support to Western Sports Foundation and do that through playing the game. And when we start to monetize it, that'll be something we can help with Western Sports Foundation. Fucking right, brother. Cool. Well, we look forward to uh, to jumping on this app and, and getting to getting to bet. Yeah. Shit and try to win some fucking money ourselves, man. It's a good way yeah. to stay involved. Since we're, not, we'll, since we're not working up here. Fucking right. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, hey, if you if you pay attention and watch, you know, who's doing good week to week on the Bulls and the Riders side and really, you know, understand the bottom. So there's you have three tiers when you're picking on our website, right? You got your top tier riders, your middle tier, and your lower tier. And the guys that are the lower tier, just kind of your newbies, you know, the ones coming up, right. Or falling out one or the other. 
And it's the same with the bulls pretty much. You got a top tier, middle tier, and a lower tier. And those lower tier riders and bulls are the ones that make the most points for you. So if you really nail it on those in the middle ones, like you're, oh, yeah. you're pretty set. Um, Insider trading. Let's go. Yeah. Hey, this is something Tanner. I really am stoked for talking about this because we need to get an hour going like, you know, week to week, maybe on a fantasy. Uh, yeah. I can write, yeah, you well, know, we, fantasy we talk talk, about, like, in our intros, we always talk about the, all we, that's all we talk about is the stats in the weekend before. So yeah. Well, you yeah. have a, a rank well, fantasy corner, going, little, man. little gambling yeah. corner who you're supposed to be betting on. Yeah. We'll talk about this after this. Is let's done. do it, man. I think right. it'd be fun. I've, yeah. we're, I'm actually in conversations with Cowboy Channel about doing some stuff too. And I think there's such a, there's a full market waiting to explode with all this stuff. Right. Yeah. Fucking right. And, and, uh, it's all set up. All we got to do is just collaborate and and make it happen and, uh, grow it for the fans so they understand it and and know how to play. And we're going to implement some newer games here soon within the next year, probably that are going to be even, even more simple and just more fun and engaging and, and provide new features to what we have now. Like we'll, we'll give everyone the option for private team or private leagues, basically, where you just play, play with your friends and you can win the money. We're, we're given for like the big, the big team pool, but then also in your private team, whoever wins out of you guys, y'all can, kind of make inside bets amongst yourselves right oh, where yeah, where y'all can put put extra money up on top of what we're putting up for amongst yourselves and we can't really provide that channel till we have our gambling license but eventually that'll be one of the ways we're able to you know we can take like a, a percentage of the pool and host that through the site yeah. where okay. people don't have to worry about getting paid you know Love it. Everyone's got to pay their entry fee. <laughs> Get fucking Danny up. <laughs> Danny up. Throw uh, it down. Guy Bonner, man, we appreciate you hugely oh, coming yeah. in here and chatting about this. Yeah, going deep and fuck. I mean, we didn't even get in. We'll have to have you back. We didn't get into the Dancing with the Stars. And I know there's some fucking salty Hollywood stories. <laughs> some, some deeper shit we can get into at some point, but we'll we'll do it again. And maybe we'll work out here some sort of rank ride uh, corner here on the NFP podcast where we can keep promoting it and give our insider picks and shit like that. But hell yeah, uh, it'd be fun, man. Fuck yeah, we'll do it. Scott has our uh, infamous question for you here. Oh, okay. man, shit, that was so good today. I, I enjoyed listening to every word you said. I love your story. I love your outlook on life. I love what's coming in front of you. And uh, this is the NFP podcast. My question to you is, what does <laughs> NFP mean to you? <laughs> NFP, uh, no <laughs> fucking pussies. And, uh, you know, my I guess my motto uh, behind that or what that means to me would mean, uh, you know, don't be a quitter in life. Wake up every day and, and uh, know that it's a fresh start. And, you know, if the sun's shining and you got light air in your eyes and air in your lungs, you're, you're winning. You're on the upside of life and, and the, the glass is half full, you know, and to keep fighting a good fight and being uh, the best you can every single day. Don't be a fucking pussy. Ah, <laughs> yeah, nice. there it is. Yeah. That's good. 
good. Deadly. <laughs> All right, Bonner, man. We uh we appreciate you coming on the NFP podcast presented by 3D Entertainment. And uh we'll be following along with, with Rank Ride Fantasy and love what you're doing and love what you've been doing with the sport, man. Keep it going. Awesome. Love you guys, man. Thank you so much. It's awesome to talk to y'all. Later. And most high, and more than